Hey everybody, and welcome to Well Said, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill's podcast, where we talk with students, faculty, and staff about what's going on on campus and around the world. And today we're talking with Carolina alumna and astronaut candidate, Zena Cartman. Less than a week ago, NASA introduced its most recent class of astronaut candidates. And among the 12 people in that class is two-time Carolina graduate, Zena Cartman. Looking back on that ceremony, what was that announcement like? How exciting was it to officially be named an astronaut candidate? It's surreal. It still doesn't quite feel real. I know we're all pinching ourselves a little bit. You know, we we all got the call uh, around May 25th, and we've had to keep the secret until then. Um, And so I'm really glad now that I can share the news with the mentors and family and friends who have really helped get me here. I wouldn't be here without them. And the announcement itself, seeing how many people were excited about it was just, it was humbling and really inspiring and I'm that much more excited to be part of this this new adventure, this new NASA family moving forward. When do you think it'll finally sink in for you that you're officially an astronaut candidate now? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I have no idea. From what I hear, it doesn't actually sink in until your rocket is taking off, so it might be a while. When you were growing up, did you always want to be an astronaut? Is this like a childhood dream coming true for you right now? You know, it actually wasn't, and I think our our class is pretty mixed in that regard. Some people grew up wanting to be astronauts, others didn't. I was always drawn to exploration and outer space as a kid. Um, I think like many kids, I would look up at the night sky and just have this sense of incredible awe and found it so inspiring to, you know, ponder our our place in the big universe. Um, So my mom would always take me to see meteor showers, and, you know, she really encouraged me to explore the natural world, even just in my backyard. Um, But it wasn't really until um, high school that I found a love for biology and research science in general. And then after that, not until I was in college at UNC Chapel Hill, where I began to accumulate this uh, set of experiences and that I eventually realized could be applicable to our space program. What was that spark here at Carolina that led you on this path that might end up in space? I think one of the first things I remember is reading an article in Endeavors magazine, actually, by a student named Kate Harris, who was a few years ahead of me in the biology department, and she had gone to Antarctica to do research, and I just thought that was so cool, and I I wanted to go see that environment for myself um, and use my newfound microbiology skills to research this environment at at the end of the Earth, really. Um, And so I set my sights on going down there, and as I was trying to get on board one of these research groups in the Antarctic, I sort of accidentally met a lot of other people who became mentors to me eventually. And then doing research in the Marine Sciences Department with Andreas Teska, um, that really gave me a lot of microbiology skills and research skills, and it all kind of snowballed into this experience in science, this experience in remote 
remote places that I felt could be really applicable. At Carolina, you majored in biology with minors in creative writing and marine sciences before going on to earn your master's in marine sciences here at Carolina as well. And now you're working towards a PhD at Penn State. So let's talk about your research a little bit. And what's the main focus of your work? I'm currently in a geosciences department, actually, but I still do microbiology research. That's been the running theme, whether I'm in biology or marine science or now geoscience. So I'm studying um, microorganisms that live in caves. Uh, You know, I've got this thesis on cave slime, basically. Um, But similar to my research at UNC in marine science, um, I'm looking at organisms that make a living in sort of an extreme environment. Um, They don't get their carbon or energy sources, um, you know, the way you and I do or the way a lot of the surface biosphere does. So these are things living underground or underwater. And so it has a similar appeal to me in this, this whole world that's making a living in the dark. How can that research now be applied to what you're going to be doing at NASA? Sure. A lot of these environments where I work serve as analogs um, to environments either on early Earth or maybe another planet even. Knowing how biology on Earth can make a living with very limited resources or really uh, environments that are stressful to an organism um, helps us know what to look for when we go to another planet. But more importantly than that, I think I have now the skills to be part of large research projects. I'm you know, moving into this next stage of my life where I'm really going to be the eyes and ears and hands for projects that are much bigger than my own research. So I'm really excited for that opportunity to apply my skills as a scientist, as someone who can work in an operational environment um, in isolated and very remote places, um, and now bring that to the space program. More than 18,000 people applied for this position. That's the largest candidate pool in NASA's history. And when they were only going to pick 12 astronaut candidates, those are some pretty daunting odds right there. What made you want to throw your hat in the ring and apply for this position? You know, I've wanted to apply to the astronaut program for several years now. This is something that I already knew I wanted to do. Um, And in the previous selection cycle, so the class that was selected in 2013, I didn't actually even qualify then. I was just out of college and didn't have enough experience. Um, So this was the first time that I even qualified, and I figured, why not? What do I have to lose? I'm going to get the experience of filling out an application, and, you know, we'll see what happens. And, you know, the day after I turned in my application, of course, all of that news came out uh, saying, you know, more than 18,000 people had applied, and I thought, wow, well, I'm glad I got to fill out the application. Cool experience. Um, We'll try again next time. And then months later, I got a call out of the blue from the selection office, the astronaut selection office, uh, inviting me down to Houston for an interview. And that was, it was such a bizarre, surreal, and of course, incredibly happy moment. And there were several moments of stunned silence before I, I could finally you know, muster the words to answer. I said, yes, of course, I'd be very honored. Um, And then, you know, I went down to Houston for the interview. There's not a lot of turnaround time between that phone call and the interview itself. 
Um, and during that time, got to meet several other people who were applying. They bring us down in groups, and everyone was coming from such diverse backgrounds. Um, and you see that reflected in this current class, everything from test pilots to engineers to biologists like me. And I was just absolutely in awe of their accomplishments, of their experience. And I left Houston that time thinking, what a great experience. It's been cool to apply. We'll try again next time. And, you know, then repeat that process with the with the call for the finalist interview. Um, and again, that was, you know, an even longer period of time uh, with yet another group of absolutely amazing people. Um, I consider them all friends now and really inspiration as I move forward. Um, and again, left that feeling like, wow, what a cool experience. Maybe not next time. Uh, yeah, so it's just been it's been this cycle of complete humbling, awesome, wonderful adventure. So now you'll report back to Houston to begin your training in August. What are these next two years of training going to be like for you? Yeah, so the next two years we are technically called astronaut candidates, and during that time we really. Uh, become students again. We have to be sponges for uh, learning everything from how to fly T-38 jets to the Russian language. We have to learn spacewalking skills, robotics, and all of the systems on the International Space Station. Uh, so there's a lot to learn from each other, from all of the specialists at Johnson Space Center, from international collaborators and centers all over the country. Um, so there's just there's a ton to learn. And after that point, we graduate to being astronauts. And and after that, we'll get assigned to projects here on Earth and then hopefully eventually get assigned to a flight. What do you think will be your biggest challenge throughout this training process? Gosh, I, I know there are a lot of challenges ahead because we're all really starting over. None of us are specialists in being astronauts, you know? Um, so I think just getting used to a, a new place and a new group of people, but we're mostly just excited. What are you most excited about moving forward? Oh, definitely getting to know all of my new classmates. Uh, you know, we've been here in Houston for this announcement, so we've gotten to know each other over the last 48 hours, but really getting to know them as family, as teammates, um, I think they're going to become like brothers and sisters in the next couple years. So I think all of us are absolutely most excited for that. Um, in terms of the actual training, I'm really excited to learn the Russian language. I think the chance to learn another language as an adult for my job is really just unique and an awesome opportunity. Um, and of course, of course, learning to fly and learning all of the techniques for spacewalking, it's just, it's going to be an adventure for sure. Throughout your career, your research has taken you all over the world from lava fields in Hawaii down to the Antarctic. So it seems like you've always been an explorer. Is this new challenge and new adventure just an extension of that explorer mindset that it seems that you've always had? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's just human nature. You know, most kids have that same spirit. Um, and I think that's why this job, astronaut, shows up on, you know, the list of the, the careers that kids want to pursue. You know, I, I want to be an astronaut and go to space. That's always a dream for kids. And I think that just really speaks to uh, 
human nature. You know, that the, the youngest and most innocent among us look up at the stars, look at space explorers as as heroes um, and see that line of research as really valuable and compelling. That just, that says something so profound about us. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. And don't forget to check back to unc.edu in two weeks for another episode of Well Said or subscribe on iTunes and Android apps.